call the meeting to order uh, for the regular meeting of the town, Peace, Peace River Town Council for Monday, July the 11th, 2016. Let the record show that the meeting started at 14 minutes after 5. Uh, <clears throat> we have uh, the adoption of the agenda, and councillors should have a copy of the agenda in front of them. Um, administration has asked for three items to be ad added. Uh, bylaw item number two. Uh, this is a request for decision regarding first, second, and third reading of bylaw 1986 short-term borrowing bylaw. Second item is new business to be put under new business. And this will be item number six. Uh, request for a decision regarding wastewater pump replacement. Item number three, administration is requesting is information, it will be under information, will be item number five, and it'll be uh, information regarding the Hopi area structure plan. Are there any other additions that are required? Uh, Mr. Mayor, I have one, um, uh, a, a support letter for an outstanding achievement award for the um, Heritage Awards for 2016. Okay, then this will be new business. Okay. Ron, that was actually a question. <laughs> yes, I guess okay. it could be. Okay, new business item number seven. And what uh, were you, were you, t what was the title? Okay, the title is um, Alberta, well, there's a long title. Anyways, Alberta Heritage Award, uh, Outstanding Achievement Award. Alberta Heritage Outstanding Achievement Award, Award 2016. Nominee, right? Yes. Uh, okay. Any others? Uh, I'll uh, take a motion to uh, uh, adopt the agenda as amended. Because I'm assuming there are deletions. I don't think we've ever had a deletion. I'll make that worship your, your motion, Your Worship. Okay. All in favor of Rod Burr's motion? Passed. So there are, uh, in your agenda packages and on the website, there should have been uh, draft minutes of the June 27th, 2016 regular meeting of council, and this is for uh, formal adoption of those minutes. Are there any amendments we need to make to those minutes? Clarifications, etc., etc. There's none. I think Rod Burr went through these with a fine tooth comb. They're, they're actually not posted, really. I, I, I can't get. I can't see them on the website. They should be on there. Okay. Maybe what we'll do is we'll uh, table table these. Some later. We can make sure everyone has a copy. Okay. Yeah. I guess a motion to, uh, I guess I require a motion to table. Yeah, you do. Uh, okay, uh, motion to table uh, adoption of item one under adoption of minutes. I still table. Okay, all in favor? Uh, 
Um, are there any public hearings, Mr. Parker? There are none, Your Worship. Okay. It takes us to presentations. We have one presentation uh, from the Mighty Peace Street Festival. And um, Ms. Hilton, please please take your, take the position of presentation. <laughs>
where Scotiabank is in South parking lot, and then the other side, so that again we can have like we've got a group that wants to come and have cars on display. We have more places for vendors and things like that. Same with the use of the land between Panago and the town office. So we can have little pockets. So if we've got people doing face painting, or we've got roving entertainers, or anything like that, we have different entertainment going on. We've got shopping going around, music, and just trying to bring everything to life for two whole days. So that is what we're hoping to accomplish. It's something that no one's making money from. Our business group isn't making any of the fees we're charging. It's just trying to cover the costs for security, um, entertainment, uh, you know, trucks for moving equipment, outhouses, all those things, permits, insurance. So we just need to cover our overhead. And we're doing our best to try to work with the local merchants. So say, if the beer gardens have been a go, you know, the first person we went to is we're in the Max backyard. It makes sense to try to work with them first. Of course, we wouldn't invite pizza vendors to town because we have three pizza places along the street that doesn't, you know, help. Um, for example, having a hamburger and a hot dog vendor, I immediately spoke to um, Reasons to see if they'd want to bring theirs down first. Let's promote our local businesses. So that's the other thing, too, is regionally, we are trying to encourage, even if you're on the West Hill, you're in Nampa, you're in Grimshaw, we're saving space so that you can you can get a spot and set up and promote your business and services. So we're already getting people from out of town. And even I know this week, Mile Zero, I believe Wednesday, their paper is running an article on the festival. So um, we're starting to spread the word. And I will leave it at that if you want to ask me some questions. So when, when were you anticipating, or maybe you mentioned this, the dates? Friday, um, August 19th, Saturday, August 20th. Um, the only event I know going on at the moment, and I mean, I don't think it's bad when we have more than one event, it's kind of better, is uh, Paddle of the Peace. I think that went from Sunday to Saturday. Okay. So, uh, Paddle of the Peace. So when, when is the triathlon? Is that the same weekend? No. Well, there's really not enough triathletes. <laughs> I have no idea. Lane, I'm surprised you're not aware of a triathlon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I am surprised that you are because you're being so energetic presently. I'm so a cool. <laughs> He's digging a hole. Somebody else wants to help him. <laughs> so, so, Sherry, I'm, I'm just curious. So, I, we've got you on later on in the agenda here, yes, sir. Uh, which is, don't tell me it's about the money, but it's about the money, but uh, I'm just curious what, like the street closures, are, are, you, are you looking for anything there, or is that done, or when you're talking about uh, the streets and the amendments, are, are you asking for any of that, or is that... Everything you're, you're that was in the letter? Later? The letter I had to work with, the one we met with community services probably a couple of months, a month and a half to two months ago, I met with Tanya there, and Adam. To go over certain things. I know some of this here, um, I believe we reviewed with um, the CO's office, Mr. Parker's so, so office. So, and so none services. of that is part of this discussion. You've got that covered. Yeah, there's some you? other things that in here they're saying that they should be fine. It's a matter of, um, I'll forget his name. Going ahead. Yes, thank you, with the road closures. But I mean, it's also a part too, because we need barricades put out, like say, noon on Thursday to start setting up. 
as people start moving in, right? We've got to start blocking it off. And also to let you know, because we've quieted over, it won't impede with emergency vehicles, but they still go straight down around and, and get access to things, even if we were using that space. Because we didn't want to impede that way either, with how we were looking at using some streets. Um, yes, yeah, so America said then it would, I want everyone out by noon on a Sunday. I mean, people aren't going to move out at midnight on a Saturday, so whether we just move barricades to the side of the street. I know when we use Riverfront, we just move barricades ourselves and they pick them up on Monday. So, so I guess we've had a couple of events here in town that haven't been in the last month to two months and haven't been necessarily all that well attended, I guess. Uh, jet boat races being one of them this past weekend. So, is this maybe a bit, is, is this a bit premature to have? Obviously. I'll comment on that. You cannot promote an event on social media, Facebook only, and think they will come. I mean, that's why we've been reaching out already outside of this town. Okay. to other businesses, and that's why, I mean, come on, Mile okay. Zero is already covering it. No, this paper here isn't locally, unfortunately, but hopefully they will. Um, I already have somebody working on all the posters. They're going to be hitting, like, at least a 50-kilometer circumference of this town when it comes to, like, Fairview and Berwyn and Nampa and St. Isidore and all over the place. I don't... It, God bless what goes on over there, but I've even said, I find out on a Thursday when I cross the heart and I see a poster, someone like my husband who doesn't do social media and doesn't listen to regular radio, that you don't reach him. So he doesn't even know these events are going on. So well, we're attacking things a little differently. Good. Well, if anyone can make something a success, it's you. Hmm. So... Just, you know, if everybody just gets on board, I mean, the whole idea is them embracing that this is their event. It's the, this town's event, this area's event. We're just doing the back, you know, the, the sweat and the backbone work to get it done so that hopefully we can promote this region and, and promote what we've got to show off. And you got a beer garden's going on. Yeah, now that, I'll be honest with you, is come, it's slowly coming together because we are still so new that we don't have all our paperwork registered, like finished registering with... Um, as a nonprofit society with Alberta Registry, so first we can't get an NGSC license. So we're looking at trying to partner with a nonprofit that has a license. We work with them to cover all insurance and everything, so that they are benefiting too from revenue. Like everything we're doing, we're trying to do so somebody's benefiting from the revenue. Mm -hmm. So, Mr. Mayor, if I may, um, Sherry, you're asking um, for financial donation. Um, the relaxation on the noise by law just for the one hour for the yeah. one hour on the Friday night Friday and Saturday so Friday and Saturday yeah. uh, there's something about um, uh, tents and stuff like that that's separate the from the yeah the, well the tents is separate the barriers I've written eight there's cement barriers I actually need to request ten if it's possible I didn't ask for transportation because I didn't know if it was possible to, and if not, then I've got to hire trucks to move them. But the thing is, we're dealing with an asphalt parking lot, so we don't want to be pegging into the asphalt and having to repair. And, I, you know, through Orrin and I talking to you about pieces and stuff, 
they can be each one if we use them as barriers to meet code, building codes to keep those tents down from going anywhere. We're just going to use one, and that's to cover the stage because um, we've got to have that covered for all of our all the band equipment and uh, the lights. And you've made arrangements to rent the town stage. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I can speak to the tent issue, Your Worship. Um, basically, the uh, the concrete blocks that uh, Peace Fest uses would be the concrete blocks that uh, Miss Hilton is uh, is asking for. Um, basically, because of not being able to peg into the concrete or asphalt parking lot um, due to the underground infrastructure there and and uh, possible frost heaves and moisture getting into the holes once you pull the pegs out, the the concrete blocks are a little bit overkill. Um, however, it's, it's something that I know the town has available. The problem is, is with these tents, um, each corner of these tents have to be pulled, the poles have to be, or it has to be pulled in a 90 degree direction of itself to keep the, keep the tent standing. So it's not so much, it's not so much the weight, because there is the one ton blocks, it's a matter of being able to hold that tent down in a storm and having an adequate number of, of pegs or support to hold that tent down. So the other question, I, I talked to Councillor Sawchuck today about this and I did uh, talk to Ms. Hilton about this, is in the, there is no um, request as far as in the RFD that's presented, is how do you plan on moving these concrete well, blocks? Well, to be honest with you, I and, didn't know if it's... <coughs> and in my mind, I was going to have town? to figure that out all on my own. I didn't know if it even was a possibility that the town could bring them or would be willing or even had the manpower or even if they're willing to load them if I get you know somebody to move them for me if I get all peace or somebody like that so I didn't even know it I mean I've never had to use them I've never had to ask for them before uh, Mr. Parker maybe it would be possible to speak to uh, Public Works to see if they have we the have staff or the manpower and, uh, able to do this and we uh, and, and Mr. McQuake has uh, acknowledged we do have the uh, equipment and uh, uh, the manpower that can do so and they have the time availability to do that? Correct. Another thing I wanted to say about your concern, Mr. Mayor, is it's a free event. Free, 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 free. The only thing we're even contemplating on charging is having a VIP area for table service, that kind of thing. And, you know, um, other than that, so, I mean, especially right now, I mean, the, the feedback I'm getting in social media is like, oh my God, there's it's so exciting to be able to go to something with our family because there's not a lot of activities happening you know, where they can go for free and enjoy the day and, and that kind of thing. So, and it'll be out there. So, okay. trying to get you all worked up so you yeah. <laughs> I'll be there. And you should take it to the streets, right? You can promote all your services, maybe have some face painting going on or something. You know? <laughs> okay. Well, we did that on Canada Day, so. Well, don't stop there. <laughs> Well, and we, I think as a municipality, we are, we have the power to grant two statutory holidays. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, I mean, the last weekend, in, in, if you look at Fairview, the last weekend of August, they always have a street festival. They do, and it's their end of summer. End of summer. So the weekend after this one. Fairview, because we're Fairview. a little further north, we could, could, we could call this one end of summer for Peace River. There you go, because we get ours sooner. <laughs>
Well, there's a recommendation here. Um, oh, I guess that we get to that under new business. This is just the presentation section. Okay. Any other questions? Okay. Thanks, Sherry. Thanks. Thanks for drumming up the excitement. <laughs> Just can't stand it. Okay. Great. So the, we then now we have two bylaws. Uh, the first one on the agenda is a uh, first reading of bylaw 1984. And this is an amendment to the land use bylaw 1981. Evening. Evening. So I'm here to present bylaw 1984, which is an amendment to the land use bylaw that will add stripping, filling, excavation, and grading as a defined use within the land use bylaw. Uh, this would enable administration to deal with requests for stripping, filling, excavation, and grading. Uh, under the definition of development under the MGA, moving dirt is something that is considered development. Right now we don't have this use listed in our land use bylaw, so if someone wants to do uh, enough dirt moving that they would qualify for development, we don't really have a way of dealing with it. So the bylaw is intended to fill that gap. Um, the bylaw provides for a definition of the use, and then it also provides a section of regulations, uh, section 12, would be section 1220, which outlines a number of requirements for the application and the information that the town would require, and then also sets out um, some conditions that we would want to consider if we were to approve one of these applications. Um, and this would help us deal with a number of potential issues that can come up when we're dealing with stripping and grading activity, specifically around the quality of the materials that could be brought onto site if they were doing any filling, uh, the traffic impact that might occur based on removing or bringing to site uh, materials, uh, any visual impacts, and then any drainage impacts that would happen as the landscape was, was changed and regraded. Does council have any questions? first my question are and I can't remember where it's in someplace like there was an issue in terms of when this kind of activity happened that was the trigger between taking it from classified as farmland bring it over into developed land and effective assessment all that kind of stuff is that also part partial of the intent of this no this has nothing to do with assessment so much as dealing with being able to set conditions and making sure that that type of activity, when it occurs, happens in a way that makes sense for the town and for the future development on that site. So what's the trigger then for the town to change the assessment from agriculture to whatever? Assessment is not my area of expertise. Generally, it's when the actual change of use occurs. So for example, if you have something that it's a um, assess this farmland, it's actively being used as farmland, then it is assessed as farmland. However, if they decide to come on in and, and add a few buildings, now if the buildings are not access, uh, accessories to the actual farm operation, 
uh, and, and they allow so much buildings per acres and whatever your plan uh, the designs. So once it starts to deviate from the actual use, that's usually the trigger. Doesn't it also have something to do with removing the topsoil? Is this part of the new MGA? Is that the discussion? Well, the MGA, I think what they're saying is they're saying, you know, how did that go? If it's assessed as farmland, it has to be taxed as farmland all the way through. That's, yeah, that was kind of, yeah, kind of strange. So it's, it's just a change of use. So if you do remove topsoil, obviously you're going to definitely not be able to farm it anymore. I think that's one of the reasons why the MGA looked at that is because some people are arguing that, well, they're not, there's no buildings on it, so it can't be commercial. It still should be farmland, even though it wasn't really being farmed. And the definition of farming could probably be fairly loose. Thank you. So, so would this prevent somebody from just moving soil around and forgetting about the drainage patterns? Like that would be one of the foremost things for the future. Generally, yes. I mean, this the intent here is not to prevent any type of landscaping. If you're doing some moderate landscaping that becomes consistent with something you could do by hand or with that. That's not something that we're attempting to regulate, but if you're doing major amounts of dirt work, then yes, this would regulate that. I have a question about uh, Clause G on page 3 of 5 here, in my print on it, and I'm not sure it's up here, where it says all parcels shall be graded and all roof drainage directed to ensure the storm water is directed to a public roadway without crossing adjacent land except for I understand the concept there that you want people draining on other people's property, but the fact that it says it has to be drained on the public roadway, it must be. I mean, is that the intent? Because there are certainly could be parcels of land that have natural drainage. That is not to a roadway. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I would take a look at that. One, uh, one other question. Uh, so the, the precursor to stripping, filling, excavation, and grading would be something called surveying, I'm presuming. So do we require any permitting in terms of surveying? Requiring a permit to do the activity of surveying? Yes. No. So, so again, so that it would be a, a if you're doing stripping, filling, excavation, and grading, you would have obviously did survey work to establish site elevations, but there's... We'd be requiring that information as part of the application, so, but we wouldn't be considering that development that we have to permit. Right. Your Worship, I have one more question. Uh, you talk about ponding plants. I've, that's new terminology to me. Is that defined someplace, or what does that mean? Is that... plants, it is something new, but it's something that generally with the province of Alberta is being looked into uh, the land requirements that are being submitted to uh, towns and municipalities throughout Alberta. And basically what it is, is to uh, 
ensure that the developer of these uh, parcels appreciate how much drainage water that they're introducing into the storm system, whether it be through uh, into the storm sewer or stream course, whatever that they plan for that, and we're not uh, developing a surcharge into the system that we can't accommodate. So the plumbing plan there is supposed to be developed by a professional engineer to ensure that the surcharge produced by, you know, whether it be a 1 in 50 rainfall or a 1 in 100 rainfall, that the system, uh, that engineer is assuring that the system can accommodate that amount of rain, rainfall. It would be similar pre and post I guess if it said stormwater plan, that that would make made sense to myself. But so it's but the way it's being defined across the province, it's a plan to regulate runoff. Yeah, it's part of the stormwater plan. Yeah. So do we need to put a definition in for that? We'll just call it stormwater plan. I think everyone knows what a stormwater plan is. Well, maybe not everyone. So is the Crown exempt from this file? Is the Crown? I.e. Alberta Transportation. <laughs> You're going to say no. <laughs> okay. Just asking. Um, we'd also like to note that on page 3 of 5 under C, uh, we would like to add the word professional geoscientists uh, right after professional engineer in that clause. I better renew my membership. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you want first reading Appreciate second and third meeting, or what? No, we have to do a public hearing. Okay, that was reading my question. Okay, so uh, somebody can uh, maybe make a motion for first reading. I'll make that motion, Worship, to give the bylaw the 1984 uh, first reading. All in favor of Councilor Okay, so now we uh, we're going for. Uh, uh, request for a decision on bylaw 1986. This is the short term barring bylaw. And we got, that was a bit confusing. Master card and repeal of bylaw 1980, 1846. So uh, are the Master card fees too high for us or what, Mr. Town? No, the fees are very good because we pay all time. Okay. Uh, so an issue here, um, staff started talking about the upcoming uh, potential postal strike and ways that we could uh, ensure that we are able to pay um, some of our vendors in a timely fashion. Most of the ones that we, we deal with, um, we would continue to pay by check and they would either just wait till this thing runs its course or, or start using courier services. But we realized that um, there might be a bit of a necessity to um, to consider increasing our, our pooled um, MasterCard limit. So what we do right now as a town is we have a pooled limit for um, for all the employees. 
$75,000. We're actually utilizing about $65,000 of that. Um, and then each employee has allocated a block uh, within that role um, based on uh, uh, their area of um, uh, signing authority and limits and whatnot. So what we're asking for is a temporary increase to that pooled amount from $75,000 to $150,000, which will allow us to facilitate payments um, that we might need to do during a postal disruption. Um, then the second reason why this is coming is because this is a bylaw that actually needs to be updated or renewed every three years <coughs> since the way it was introduced um, with uh, all three readings at once. There was no advertising um, at that point, which means that it only um, has to be truly short-term in nature, so it has to be renewed um, within a three-year period. So if that hadn't been done, this was originally done in 19, 2009, so we're going to repeal the original um, bylaw. Council could set whichever limit they want. Staff are recommending 150000 um, and introduce a new bylaw for um, future use. So if we put a, a limit of 150000 on this, it's going to go into the bylaw, which means the only way to change it back is to amend the bylaw? That's correct. So it's not really a temporary fix, and it's a three-year fix. No, no, we could come back in two months and redo the bylaw. Yeah, and that's something we're actually planning to do. We we don't need that amount of um, space on our corporate credit cards to be able to conduct business, so it's just a temporary issue. for all those flights that we take here airlines. <laughs> so this basically costs the town nothing really that's correct yeah. yeah there's there's no there's no additional charge like I mentioned we pay our we pay the credit cards on time so we don't incur those interest charges so is the order of this to repeal this other bylaw first and then perhaps do first reading and so on or the order important at all? We should repeal the first. Actually, it depends if it's written into the bylaw the way it is. It'll say that it's already come out of force, portion. Uh, it might have it in it already that it will say that it repeals it. So it's already, it's in section number eight. It repeals it by passing this one. Automatically passes. So, do you want to make the first motion on this for first reading? Okay, I uh, move that council give first reading to bylaw 1986, the short-term borrowing bylaw MasterCard. Should I continue with the credit limit and so on, or no? Okay. All in favor of Deputy Mayor Manzer's motion? Against? I can try second uh, your Further motion for second reading of uh, 1986. Okay, uh, so you're making that motion. All in favor? Passed. Uh, so um, we need a motion to allow the third motion. I'll make that motion, Your Worship, to allow this bylaw to go to third reading. All in favor of Councillor's motion? Passed. And the um, and then the third the, the motion for third reading. I'll uh, make a motion to uh, give this by 1886. Right? 
business and go into new business. Um, this will be the request for a decision regarding Mighty Peace Mighty Peace Street Festival. We did here a, uh, um, a presentation on that and, uh, I'm, and there's a recommendation from administration to uh, let me just read this Mr. Schramm before I let you uh, so Administration is this is a rather lengthy uh I'm having to roll up here. I've got it. Okay. Uh, you're recommending option one that council provides support to the Peace Regional Business Action Group at the goal level, which is two thousand dollars. And this would include the cost of the stage rental as the town no longer weighs fees. Correct. That's, uh, that would be my recommendation. Okay. Okay. And um, any questions or discussion? I have uh, one question, Your Worship. Uh, this would be to uh, our CEO, Mr. Parker. What would the value of the... Uh, of the town employees um, as far as the labor costs, the equipment costs, and uh, for the barricades and moving the cent blocks, what would that be worth if we had to charge out for that? Yeah, I'll direct that to uh, Mr. McQuaig. Yeah, I can take up the quick number here for you. Okay. And what would the cost of the stage rental be? Six hundred thirty dollars. So, so give me those numbers again. It'd be six hundred thirty dollars for the rental for the stage, uh -huh. and eighteen hundred dollars for the in kind and uh, the concrete barriers. Okay, so that's twenty four thirty one. is the $630 we will be getting back for this 2000 So we would be waiving that $630 uh, a dollar for stage fee right there. It's expected that they'd be paying that. That's why the recommendation was uh, just for a gold standard sponsorship in that aspect and then the in-kind work, but not the uh, stage. Oh, so the gold plus 
in kind work. Yeah, gold in kind work. And what would happen is they'd have to uh, pay for the stage. Oh. It didn't actually come out in the, uh, or did it? No. No. This didn't come out in the recommendation. Okay. So, anyone willing to make a motion here? I can't make a motion. I move that um, Council provide sponsorship to the Peace Regional Business Action Group at the gold level of $2,000. Um, should I stop there or should I include the $1,800? No, the. Yeah, well, so, so Mr. Parker, you essentially said the recommendation should read uh, the $2,000 plus the in-kind work uh, for, oh, for the concrete it? barriers and, uh, yes, and installation. And installation. So... Okay, so $2,000 plus the in-kind work for barriers and um, their, installation. their installation. Correct. And that would include all the transportation to get the barriers and backhoe to offload them as well. Could you give me those numbers again, please? 1800 to 1800 So $1,800 that would cover... Uh, basically, the way I figured it was you've got about $1,200 in equipment time. Sorry, for that's my fault. Equipment time being for the. Pardon me. So the $1,800 would be uh, $600 for the labor costs, uh, and then $1,200 would be for the equipment costs. So that would be your beaver tail, your truck, plus your back. Uh, backhoe to offload and load the concrete blocks because they'd be coming up from the wet the yard up on the west hill and then to downtown so the actual total sponsorship value then would be at uh, 3800 no it would be six, 600 in labor and 1200 for the equipment so that's what so 1800 plus 18, the 2000 so it'd be 3800 dollars in total that's correct okay So we have a motion on the uh, on uh, in front of us. And, uh, can, can I ask one more question? Oh, yeah. um, maybe I can ask Sherry directly. So Sherry, is is the event contingent on a certain amount of sponsorship, or is it going to happen regardless of what monies are raised? It's going to happen regardless. Like we have already secured one band. If we get more money, then we're adding more bands. We were fortunate enough to get a band that's going to bring us lighting, stage lighting. They're going to do the sound for us. What we saved is killing, killing there because the quotes I was getting. What I'm paying this band to come in is almost pretty much what I was going to pay for sound and lighting, just independently out in the entertainment. So that's already a go. The only thing that's really up in the air right now is the beer gardens, to be honest with you, just because of licensing and insurance and all that. But um, I live by Churchill. We shall never surrender. So I'm just still working on getting that to happen. Rather than that, we're taking it to the streets. I've got vendors have already signed up, people. So it's going to happen. the stores themselves, I've got people that are already giving me money. I've had sponsors, you know, 150, 500, you know, different. We've got money, and we just, I wanted to go to this meeting before we even 
cashed a single check, but yeah, they're all they've all been so if you live by Churchill's words, you'd be going to the beaches as well. <laughs> just the yeah, streets. I don't know what might be next. You just have a good fight on the shores. Okay, so uh, uh, I'm going to call for a vote uh, on Deputy Mayor Mazur's motion. All in favor? Okay. Uh, you no, I need to go and work on that. We have another poster we're working on promoting right now. Oh, no, now I need to go and work on trying to uh, find monies for that budget. <laughs> Congratulations on draining the Cranster uh, Group's budget. Thank you. Okay, so the next item on the agenda is a uh, repeal of bylaw 1642, uh, which uh, and there was an error in, on the uh, on the agenda. It says 1942, but it's actually bylaw 1642, um, which formed the fire steering committee and uh, and uh, administration like us to give first, second, and third reading reading to bylaw 1985. Uh, so, and I would uh, like to welcome the. Uh, the acting fire chief, please. So, uh, out of the recent report that was done on the fire services uh, by Transitional Solutions, uh, they looked at some of the um, bylaws that were in place for the fire service. One they identified was bylaw 1642, uh, which was the bylaw to establish the fire services steering committee um, that was established back in uh, 1998. Basically, there's been very little activity in that committee um, for many years. The last uh, activity I had found was in 2007. It came back before council and there was a requested to draft one that reflected the current uh, integrated department at that time. Uh, I don't believe there's been any meetings um, since then. Um, so it's uh, just to kind of clean up some of the, the bylaws that aren't being used. If, if council wishes to continue with it, then we would uh, move forward with enacting it. If not, then we will uh, repeat it. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Any questions of Mr. Harris? Well, it sounds like people are ready to move on on this one. I'll put so, a motion on your table, Your Worship, um, to give uh, first reading to bylaw 1985. Okay, all in favor? Passed. I would suggest a motion for second reading for bylaw 1985. All in favor? Passed. I'll make a motion to go to proceed to third reading. All in favor? Councilor Burr's motion? Passed. I'll put a motion on the floor, Your Worship, to provide third reading to bylaw 1985. All in favor? Passed. Good job, Jim. And, um, I guess along with this, so we had a list of recommendations from, uh, from the fire fire services review report. Uh, it would be nice actually to uh, see those recommendations uh, listed out and which ones have been acted on and completed. We'll, we'll get that out next week too. Sounds good. And and achieve where we are going on it. Yeah. Okay. Let's be in the sun. Yep. Certainly. Okay. Um, 
this now, uh, Mr. Harris is, continues to be in the hot seat. Uh, so this is the levels, a request for decision on the levels of service policy. So another one of the recommendations coming from that report um, was to adjust our levels of service to meet, uh, align better with our current um, levels of training. So just to the uh, lot of attrition in the fire department recently, our highly trained personnel, a lot of new members have joined. Um, so our numbers are actually up, but we, we have a lot of people sort of coming in at the bottom level. Um, the previous levels of service had some, uh, some levels and some training standards identified that um, we can't guarantee meeting at this time for some of the rescue, water rescue, uh, rope rescue options. Um, it was the recommendation of the consultants to reduce those at this time to levels that we can uh, physically meet. So the idea of a new level of service is to give um, a level of service that we, we can meet. So the purpose of the level of service is state the minimum fire service that town is willing to provide. Um, this doesn't preclude providing a higher level of service as long as property trainer and members are able to respond. Um, so rather than saying we will respond to this level and we can't guarantee that, we're saying we will respond to a, a slightly lower level. And if at the time we can meet the higher level, then we will respond to that level. It, it takes away some of the liability uh, for us saying we can provide those services when we can't guarantee that. It is our, uh, the wish of the fire department uh, in future years with budget uh, process to get more training and, and increase our guys' training levels to bring those levels of services back at the higher levels in the future. At the moment, we need to concentrate on our core, core level and core training. So what's actually changing? So the, um, the old policy had um, basically the firefighting um, services are staying the same. Um, the emergency medical response was changed um, earlier. Um, Motor vehicle collisions, vehicle extrication remains the same. It's the um, swift water rescue, the water rescue, trench rescue, confined space rescue, and rope rescue. And the hazardous materials response would go from the NFPA 472 technician level to the NFPA 472 operations level, which is one level down. So if I understood what you said, Properly is uh, so you're going to uh, reissue what the level of service is because you you know you can deliver that level of service. However, if a situation arises when you uh, are able to deliver that service, you you will deliver that service, but um, um, but only if you feel qualified to do so, or did I miss Yeah, if, if, we, if we have the members trained at that level, 
if there's a hazardous materials incident that requires a technician level of response and we don't have that level, then we can't do it to that level. Right. If we do have a technician that is available at that time, then we could, could yeah. proceed with and that. And if we stayed at the technician level, just to use that as an example, and you have a uh, sodium, uh, maybe you use a chlorine car, uh, derail, chlorine gas uh, seeps out, you, and you don't have the technician to go in and plug that hole. You would, uh, you would just coordinate off and, and call in whatever Dow Chemical or whoever. Canatech, yeah, who, who supplies that expertise? Yeah, Canatech supplies the information. It would basically go to the uh, emergency response plan of the, sh of the shipper or the company who owns the product. Okay. Uh, they have to have a plan in place to deal with it. So then on the operations level, it would be controlling the area, so you know, evacuations. Um, if it's a product that is liquid, if we can damming, diking, preventing it from spreading. Um, but the actual technical plugging or capping uh, wouldn't occur unless we have the technicians at that time. Okay. Um, it, it's sort of saying, before we, we were saying we could do everything and then I think there was some concerns over the liability of saying we could do something when we couldn't guarantee it. There was a line in it before saying, sort of up to this level, but it's felt that that wasn't enough uh, on the liability side. So I had a uh, I had a chat with uh, Mr. Harris earlier, and uh, first of all, good work on the uh, on on the policy. I think you guys did really good with this. Um, so just as an example, or uh, just to make sure I have my understanding correctly, and I'm going to use I'm going to use the jet boat and water rescue as an example. So the town of Peace River now owns water. We own a jet boat, and let's say for instance. Currently, we might have two or three, I don't know what the exact number is, that are trained and certified in the water rescue with being able to drive the boat. So if there is an incident on the river where we're called out and one of those three people is available to respond and we have, let's say, 40 members in the fire department that train in-house that are capable of going on that call, we can still respond on the river if one of those three certified guys are available. Yes. Thank you. Um, I just have a question. So this policy, I'm reading the top paragraph, the staffing level of five personnel would remain the same, and that's no change from previous. I believe it's uh, for... It's on Schedule A, the second paragraph. It's where I'm reading five personnel. Maybe Are you I'm reading, reading the old, the, one. Uh, the old policy or the new the policy? It's the old policy. The new one would be page uh, 42. <coughs> it's got nicer printing, too. Yeah. <laughs> so the new one says up to four personnel. Yeah. Got it. So I have one question. Is this going to get us in trouble with Learn Lights again, like when we change the level of service, or how does this dovetail with what the, so, the agreement says? I went through uh, the agreement today um, to see exactly that, that question. Um, 
and the agreement talks about that they have two levels of service. They have a base level of service and additional level of service. It talks about that basically we will provide to the base level of service, and the additional level of service will be provided if, if resources <coughs> permit. Um, and the new level of service we're proposing is covers the base level of service slightly higher than that. Everything that was in the additional level of service was a lot of the rescue uh, items that, that we're currently taking out for now. So. I did actually talk to the CEO of the Northern Lights today, just to give a heads up that this is what we were doing, um, and then she just requested that if it does uh, pass tonight, that we I'll send them a new policy and just to inform them of the change. But um, we did address that already. So. Okay. Your Worship, I'd be willing to put a motion on the floor to adopt a new. Uh, level of service policy for the town of Peace River Fire Department as presented. Okay, all in favor of Councilor Ford's motion? Passed. Um, so the next item is a uh, request for. Yeah, Good work, Tim. Um, the next item is a request for a decision regarding the budget planning session. <coughs> So this time we're looking for <coughs> council's uh, input, either this meeting or, or sometime in the near future to determine a date for a um, budget planning session we'd like to do sometime in August. Basically it's a kickoff for the budget process, a um, chance for council to identify, talk about upcoming priorities for the year, um, budget parameters, uh, capital project priorities, um, that types of thing. So, um, it'll be a full evening, probably take about two and a half, three, four hours, something like that. Um, six That's hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know if we all have calendars available here, if you want um, us to coordinate something. Your Worship, just as an idea, would this be something that we could uh, put on one of our P&G meetings? We don't have one until September. August? Really have one council meeting in March between now and then. What about August 2nd? The first is a holiday. I don't know about the rest of you, but I don't want to come in on the holiday. <laughs> That'd be a Tuesday evening. We're checking. For the third, it looks like. Community services or anything? No, that won't conflict. What happened to summer holidays? Uh, you gave up that one when you got away. <laughs> <laughs> and when you retired. I figured this out finally. <laughs> Say the two people who take annual vacations to Hawaii. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that's 
Okay, uh, motion, I guess a motion for that maybe. A motion to have the uh, budget planning workshop uh, for the uh, 3rd of August. So move. Okay, all in favor? So the next item on the agenda is the uh, there's a uh, council request regarding uh, elected officials EP course. Um, so this is a finance course, September 15th and 16th. Um, and this is uh, so Elaine Mazur is requesting uh, to attend, uh, to be enabled to attend the uh, uh, elected officials finance course on July the 11th. No, that's for, uh, what is this? September 15th. September 15th and 16th. And when is this going to be held? Edmonton. It's one of the two uh, mandatory courses as part of the EOEP certificate. Another piece of paper to put on your wall? <laughs> I'm sure eventually that should happen. Uh, so a motion, a motion to enable uh, Mayor Maverick to attend the EOEP finance course. So moved. All in favor? Probably should say September 15th and 16th. Uh, then there is a request for a decision regarding wastewater pump replacement. Um, and Mr. McQuaid will speak to this. Thank you, Worship. So, uh, for you, you've got uh, a request for a decision for. Provision of three uh, RAS pumps for the wastewater treatment plant that uh, are past their life expectancy and require replacement. Now, of note of that, one of those three pumps is no longer functioning. Uh, we have two pumps that are operating right now, and one of them we could push it for another three years, which, as you'll see, comes to consideration as we work through the quotations received. So we went out to tender uh, and had went out to four uh, firms for a quotation and received three quotations back. Before, One before we get too far in, I just maybe you could clarify for me what VFD is? Uh, variable frequency drive. Okay. So you. to start the motor, yep. we need it either across the line starter or the VFD. So it's a variable frequency drive. So uh, we went out to tender to four firms for uh, the provision of three pumps plus three VFDs. Uh, we received the three tenders back, or the three quotations back. And uh, of those three, uh, one was a non-compliant quotation. So that kind of reduced us down to two valid quotations that we had to work on there. 
Uh, of those, uh, the lowest was uh, put forth by AGS Mechanic in the order of $267,036. And the other two quotes were for $285,67 and $342,800 respectively. So when we went back and looked at the budget, because we uh, currently, the current 2016 budget, the 280000 that we earmarked for this was originally for the aeration tank cleaning for the wastewater treatment plant, but we deemed that the pump replacement was a much higher priority and we could defer the aeration tank cleaning to 2017. So, the budget that we've uh, allocated for this is the 280000 If we went for all three pumps, uh, we figured then uh, it would completely exhaust uh, that uh, 26736 once we factored in GST and engineering fees. And then if we had to allow for any contingency, that uh, part of the uh, request if we followed through on that would be an increase in the project budget by 62,000. So, uh, and that basically outlines option number one, which would be to award the pump replacement of three pumps and BFDs to uh, successful bidder AGS mechanic for 26736. Uh, Given that uh, one of the pumps we can push it for three years, uh, that does allow us to keep ourselves within our existing budget. And we made provision for that within our quotation. And if we went to just award uh, the two VAS uh, pumps to HS Mechanical, which is outlined in option number two, then we, uh, that would be for 2,222,409 not including GST. So that would allow us to uh, award the pump, pay for our engineering fees involved for that, our consulting engineering fees, and have about uh, have a little bit left over for a little bit of contingency in there as well. And then we have the third option is do not award the work and defer the work for 2017. So our recommendation is to proceed with option two and award the provision of the wastewater treatment pumps and BFDs to AGS Mechanical in the amount of 222409.33 plus GST. So any questions? You bet. <laughs> so you said right now one pump isn't working. So yes. this system can function without three pumps? Or yes. it's not desirable, but it could happen? You can run uh, just off the two pumps. Because that was my question, thinking if you have the money, why wouldn't you buy three and keep one as a backup? Ideally, that would be the case, but uh, we wanted to make sure that we present you with options that could keep us within our existing budget. And then, but uh, ideally, yes, we would like so, to purchase again, And the reason I ask that is, I've seen it before, you fix two pumps and then six months later the other one goes up. Yeah. So, so if that did happen, we could still run the two new ones for a year until next budget cycle? Yes. Okay, thank you.
And the other provision that we would have within that, the, the two, the pumps that we're taking off right now, uh, if we lock one in place running, the other two we would probably check them and check the impellers, because if we could salvage one of the impellers and is in reasonable safe shape, that might also extend the uh, longevity of the, the third pump. So the other question I have, so the changeover of these pumps, is that something we do in-house, or the supplier changes those out? No, the supplier would change those. And that, that would be part of AGS Mechanical's work, is to change out these pumps. So and if we did have to change one out down the road, we would have to bring them back in? Yes, or another vendor. Or another vendor. So um, essentially, this uh, does the pump work this year instead of the aeration work? Is that the correct? cleaning of the aeration tank? Yes. So by doing the pump work this year, we're committed to doing the aeration next year. Yes. And how much was that going to be? The that was approximately two hundred eighty thousand. Well, we had allowed for that in our budget this year. I believe what we're also doing with the aeration tanks is that, or aeration, uh, uh, is that there's a particular grant we're looking to use that, that for that. That's correct. And that grant isn't available for the pumps, but may be available for the aeration tank cleaning. And it's a 50 50 match grant that we're seeking. So, just to kind of follow up to Councillor Sotchuk's question so you've got three pumps, you need two for the system when one of them is a backup, is that? Well, ideally, they kind of work in lead-like fashion, so, and usually would have two for prime, or for peak flows, and then the third would be a backup to that one. Okay. So if there's only an issue, not having three, is during, when, during high flow then? No. That's okay. Oh, the third one's your standby, right? Your third is your standby. Right, so the first two would so one would handle normal flows, and the second one would handle peak flows, and the third one for standby, right? That's correct. Yeah, that's what that's what you said. Yeah. But you misunderstood it. Why would it fall? I'm just trying to make clarify my own mind why there's three pumps, and I assume one of them is for standby or backup or whatever. So. Other questions, Your Worship? Can I put a motion on the table? Yeah. I move to proceed with option two and award the provision of the wastewater treatment plant pumps and BFDs to AGS Mechanical in the amount of $222,409.33 plus GST. Okay. You wouldn't want to round that up to the nearest dollar? <laughs> okay. All in favor of Councilor Burns' motion? Passed. Okay. Uh, that takes us to the end of new business. Um, do we? Oh, yes. Uh, Ms. Manzer. So, uh, Ms. Manzer, uh, you have a, uh, an item under new business? Yes, Mr. Mayor. Um, I was approached by um, uh, some people who are uh, wanting to nominate an individual for the Alberta Historic Resources Foundation Outstanding uh, Achievement Award for 2016. And the person is our museum director, Laura Glure. And um, 
I guess at this point I'm asking for council's support in my writing of a letter to support that nomination. Uh, okay. So, uh, anyone have questions for Deputy Mayor Manzer? Okay. Uh, anyone want to make a motion to, uh, to, uh, I don't know, what's the motion going to be to, uh, to, uh, to authorize the deputy mayor to nominate uh, Ms. Write a supporting letter. Write a supporting letter. For the nomination committee. For the nomination of Ms. Gora. Ms. Gora Gora. I can't make that motion. So moved. <laughs> so why should I repeat it? Mm -hmm. oh, she wrote it down. Write a supporting letter for the nomination of Laura Gora. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To the, uh, maybe read it back to what she wrote. Write a supporting letter to the, for the nomina nomination of Laura Gore to the Alberta Historical Resources Foundation Outstanding Achievement Award for 2016. And that should be authorized, Deputy Mayor. Right. Okay, uh, all in favor of Castle Ford's motion? Pass. Well, Mr. Town's already, uh, I was going to take a bit of a break here, but uh, since Mr. Town has already sat down, we'll uh, no, we, we can take a reports. break, because it's not going to be a while. Yes. Okay, let's take a break then. <laughs> Ms. Modi, from Information which will be the Hopi area is, uh, structure plan. And so, Ms. Modi, uh, please go ahead. Okay, so this is an information item for Council. Uh, we have received an area structure plan from the MD of Peace, which is currently in draft form. They've given first reading to this bylaw and are holding a public hearing tomorrow at their Council meeting. The area structure plan provides a framework for future development for land that is between the town of Peace River and the Peace River Airport. It is uh, about 1.6 kilometers west of town on the south side of Highway 2. Um, and this land is proposed to be developed as industrial, highway commercial, and service commercial lots. If you go to the plan document on map 4, which is right after page 4 of the plan document, you can see the, uh, the land use plan for the area. Uh, this plan is within our primary referral area, the Intermunicipal Development Plan, which is why it's before us. And generally speaking, the plan is consistent with the uh, primary policy pillars of the Intermunicipal Development Plan, principally to enable economic and tourism development within the Peace River area and is also largely consistent with the land use policy that is in the IDP. So I can take any comments. If council wanted to provide comments to the IDP, so we could do so. Will this uh, development be subject to the um, pieces new uh, off-site levy bylaw? It is within the offsite levy area for that bylaw, yes. So will it be applied? <laughs> the offsite levy? Yeah. 
Well, provided that they pass that bylaw, that's not gone through their council yet, but... Yeah, I think uh, maybe uh, one of our objects, we, we would uh, we would want them to, uh, to uh, pass that bylaw before we would... Uh, otherwise, we'd have to object to this uh, development. <laughs> As far as I'm aware, they're moving that process along. So, before council in the near future. So, the last time I looked at this, I had an issue where I had a question about stormwater plans and water going into the Alberta Transportation right away, and then moving easterly and ending up running down a hill on Peace River and causing us grief. So, is that idea? Is it up to me to? go to a meeting on July the 12th, and I think that date is kind of coming and gone, isn't it? What's the date today? Is that tomorrow? It's the 11th. Unfortunately, uh, this was sent to the town in May, but we are not sure where it ended up when it came to the town office, so we realized it was coming and needed to come to council. Uh, there are two stormwater ponds in the development area, so... Yeah, that, and so when I read it, I thought it... I thought it said May. I didn't say it shall. Or did I miss? When, when I read it, 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 it seemed to me that the language seemed to suggest that stormwater ponds were an option. But if you're saying that they're for sure, that's fine. I, when I read it, I, I'd, have to, I'd have to look through the text here again and find it, but it, it wasn't clear to me that it was a for sure thing. Section 3.2.7, all stormwater will be channeled through a combination of roadside ditches and overland swales to two stormwater ponds that will eventually be developed. I, I think, I think it was a question about eventually. Yeah, so right. when, when is no, eventually? So in other words, I could go ahead and develop it, and eventually I might, eventually I will do the stormwater pond. That, thank you. Typically stormwater management is part of the plan, or is it not? Uh, certainly would be in, there's a phasing plan, which is map seven of the document, and uh, one of the two stormwater ponds is a part of phase one of the document, or of the plan, and then the second stormwater pond is part of phase four. So my expectation, and I think the direction that the plan provides, is that the first stormwater pond would be... Well, then shouldn't it read, shall the uh, stormwater pond shall be... Our, uh, instead of eventually, will be in accordance with the, uh, the, phase the, the phase plans. So is, it, uh, is there a potential this could be passed at their meeting tomorrow, but the bylaw for uh, off-site levies not be passed? The bylaw for off-site levies is not on that tomorrow's agenda, to my knowledge. But this whole thing could be passed. Yes, absolutely. And then because they're they're there before the by saw the offsite levy. You are never exempt from offsite levies. They simply are not necessarily applicable at a certain point. And an area structure plan is not when an offsite levy comes through. Oh, okay. So this development right now is largely there is a subdivision on this site, but other than that it's when it comes to subdivision, provided that that happens after the offset levy bylaw is in place, then the offset levy would come due at that point. If, however, the offset levy bylaw is not in place, but it comes in a bit later, then still at the point of development, the offset levy would be triggered for each individual lot. Oh, okay. 
I don't see anything about wetlands. Like there, it looks like there's a number of wetlands in there, and it looks like they've totally ignored that. And they, some other developments in the MD have done that, and it's led to all kinds of grief for the developer. Is that is that an oversight, or that the MD doesn't? I, I guess it's a provincial policy they have to comply with, but um, I remember correctly, and I don't know which policy it is. In here, there is a requirement that the wetland assessment be done prior to subdivision, um, but and I think that it actually is being done. But this is being proposed to be adopted before, and I also believe a fair bit of the land has been cleared prior to. Besides those ducks, eat the grain. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, what were you wanting from us? At minimum, I wanted to make sure that you were aware of the area structure plan. If council has any comments that they want to provide to the MD, we can do that. But otherwise, there's no requirement to comment. Just a requirement to refer. How would we present those comments if Councilor Needham wished to make one? Would you attend the meeting on our behalf? Uh, awkwardly, I'm already attending the meeting, not on your behalf. <laughs> so I guess I kind of suspected you would be. Yes. Can you present What's this? a comment for us? Certainly, at the time of public hearing, we can present comments from the town server. Is that something you want to do? Well, yes, I, I, I just, I, <clears throat> yes, I worry about language like that that says stormwater applies eventually. I, you know, we've, we've, we've all, in the spirit of collaborating with people, we agree to do something, and, and then all of a sudden six months goes by and a year goes by and people's memories lapse and um, things just aren't as, as intended. So I, I would certainly like to go on the record. I, I don't know if we want to. So, so would you just word it as was suggested that they go by the phasing stormwater development adhere to the phasing plan? Yeah, I'm out of, if that's the proper language, I, I guess what I'm trying to get out of is the word eventually that. So if the phraseology reads that the developer shall follow and then put in the appropriate language, that, that, would, that would certainly uh, fit my needs. So maybe a motion from you, uh, Councillor Needham, to uh, to uh, have our planning officer forward uh, uh, forward verbally. Our do they have to be in writing, or they can just be verbally? I think it should. Pardon me. I think, Mr. Mayor, that we should have something in writing for um, reference in the future. Well, the motion will be in writing. Okay. So, direct administration to uh, uh, advise MD of peace. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think the motion would be to direct administration to advise the municipal district of MD-135 with respect to holding the area structure plan 
that a majority of council believes that there is a issue with the word uh, exactly put that in quotes and then and then further uh, the language should be changed to read uh, and then the act whatever the act is or whatever the whatever we want to be does it need to be that formal that was rather a lengthy motion Move to direct administration to advise the MD of Peace 135 with respect to the whole structure area plan that the majority of council believe that there's an issue with the wording eventually and further that the language should be changed to read enter um, wording uh, from here. Just, just strike the word eventually and. Well, you uh, should mention the clause that that word is in or whatever it was there that I read. 3.2.7. Right. the word eventually. To provide a, to in clause such and such to uh, to strike the word eventually and uh, institute a, uh, a deadline date. We're going to follow the phase in approach yeah, as opposed the to the and, and, and as uh, presented with their mapping. Strike the word eventually and, uh, and uh, require the proponent to follow the, what did you call it? Phasing plan? Phasing plan as far as Phasing. Seven. Phasing plan. As far as stormwater plan development. Still pretty uh, uh, Our recording secretary has been busy recording that and I, uh, I think I've got the intent of the motion. So. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> if you want to try to read it back, I can listen to it. But uh, Okay, so move to direct administration to advise the MD of 135 with respect to <clears throat> the whole B area structure plan that council would like the word eventually strike, stri or to strike the word eventually from the clause 3.2.7 um, and require the proponents to follow the phasing plan in map 7. I think that gets it fairly close. Okay, all in favor of Councillor Nino's motion. And uh, for, the one that, for the person that maintains the records, is that the longest motion on file? Close. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, <we had> <laughs> Was there any other That takes us to reports, check registry, June 27th, 2016. So, um, the councillors, the councillors who aren't engaged in any side conversations uh, have any questions regarding the check registry, now would be the time to ask them. Curious, there's a small check to Avant Garden Incorporated. Just wondering what that was for. 
It was a refund check. It was a refund check. This stuff was buried in that hole. There's a water hole right there. So it was kind of spot. Both this place never went back. I can you ask and find out about that? Report. So, any other questions regarding the uh, check register? Then a motion to accept the. I put a motion on the floor to accept the check register of June 27th, 2016 for information. All in favor? Um, so, the next item on the agenda is the fi financial variance report. <coughs> Town to speak to that. Thank you, Your Worship. And despite I said everything I said beforehand, this will be fairly short and pretty painless. So, um, but it is a different format and uh, different information than what council seen before. So, uh, this being the first time, it'll take us a little bit longer to go through because there's a whole bunch of information to uh, quickly delve into. Um, so, what we're trying to do is we're trying to give council a summarized sense of where where the town is in terms of its year and position. That's important for council to sort of know and focus on because we know if our year and position is positive, showing a surplus, okay, well, there's a little bit of a, a buffer in case councils want to consider any new initiatives or something during the year or just know that, um, you know, things are going pretty good or, or better than we expect. Um, position could be neutral, which is basically where we are. Um, we're showing a, a small surplus, projected surplus of about $6,900, which in the finance world, when you're dealing with million dollar budgets, is zero. You know, so it's, you know, we're, we're kind of trending towards a zero position, um, positive or negative right now. Or if we're trending in a negative position, um, staff and council know, well, we need to brace on some stuff, you know, constrained spending, anything that's unnecessary, might have to reconsider, revisit um, future points. Um, but this is important to know where where we think we're going to be at year end, and that's what this report really focuses on. Um, so like I said, it's a summarized version. So when we get to the, the actual financial information with the numbers, which is only half the story, um, you'll see sort of standard um, categories such as salaries and benefits, um, training and development, materials and supplies. Within those, there might be whole lumps of of uh, multiple accounts that make up those, those summarized information. Um, when staff reviews the accounts for this work, we do look at accounts individually, um, but we report on them in a summarized fashion. Um, it's also important to know that we don't try to, um, you know, we don't report on variances, small variances. You know, if someone's out by a couple hundred dollars here, they're a positive negative. Obviously, we don't report on those. Um, you know, or, or percentages. Plus we try to look at departments or divisions kind of holistically. So if someone is underspent in a certain part of their division, but they're overspent in another, and there's a rational reason for why that's happened, may not report on it. Um, this is also subject to significant timing issues. So when we do look at the, the financial information, the first two columns is your year-to-date members, your actual year-to-date, your budget year-to-date. Um, your budgeted year date, date is an estimate of where we think we should be at that point of the year. It's imperfect. Um, so when you look at the third column, which is your variance between your budget to date and your year to date, um, there's probably some significant numbers there sometimes. Um, 
but generally they're attributable to timing. Things just haven't happened or they've happened earlier than we expect. Um, when we do the budget, we do the budget to date numbers. We don't tend to change them through the year um, just because they're, they're a benchmark. They're where we should be at any one point in time. Um, and any, any time that we're not, we know that we either need to do something or we need to slow down on something. So, um, a lot of information here. Um, as I start to go through it, I think it's best if you just interrupt me during the process if you have any questions. Um, again, being summarized information, if you ask a specific type question, I may or may not have the answer right now. Um, but if I don't, I'll get it for you. I do have a question, actually. Yes. Um, so just out of curiosity, if you're going to look at, say, taxation on the first page, yep. and you're looking at your actual year-to-date and your budget year-to-date and your variance, then you look at your year-end forecast. If your actual year-to-date, in this example, it's 5894, and your budget is 5804, why are you not using your actual and your year-end forecast? Why are you using your budget and your year-end forecast? We, we are not certain at this point if there will be a, a variance or a change in the forecast. So this comes down to the timing issue. So, so the actual, so the bills have been sent them, and they were they were posted in May, before May thirty first. The appeal period still has to take place. Um, so residents have the ability to come in, appeal their assessment, and any changes that come through um, will reduce our actual year to date number. So is this revenue brought in, or is this revenue billed out? This is revenue that's been billed. Okay, but not necessarily yet paid. That, that's correct. This is oh. nothing to do with cash. This is not a balance sheet oh, okay. um, item. So, you know, we may have only collected 80%. Well, as okay. of May, we would have collected probably 1% or 2%. Okay, sorry, I, I was assuming that this was actual revenue, paid revenue, not not invoice revenue. Uh, okay. so that's correct. It, it's billed, okay. billed revenue. So okay. everything's on the accrual basis of accounting where we, we, we bill items, and then as we receive the money, that's... That's a totally separate statement. Okay, that helps. Thank you. Um, so, also, as I indicated in the report, um, we will report on capital projects and um, how we're, we're doing on those in, in future reports. Um, and then there's a couple areas that we haven't been able to do a full analysis on. Um, the first one is taxation. Again, because of that appeals period, we won't know our final taxation numbers for another month or so. Um, the second area where we didn't do a whole bunch of analysis is salaries and wages, um, just because we took quite a bit of time to get into this format, so we'll do a better um, analysis on those on future reports. Um, and then the third thing, um, something that one of my favorite bureaucrats used to say, um, you know, the world is full of known knowns and unknown knowns and known unknowns and unknown unknowns. Um, you know, we really only report on the known knowns on these. Um, so we, we do the things that we are fairly certain about, those are reported and forecasted, um, but those are subject to change. So if something happens and you know, we either save money, spend more money, um, find a rationale to, to utilize that money um, as per the, the approved budget, that may happen. So some of the variances that we talk about um, might change as we go through here on future reports. Oh, no. Oh, my screen is burning. Oh, my screen is burning.
Sprinkle. Start the sprinkle. <laughs> or should just open the blinds and we'll continue. So the uh, backup generators all need to replace. So if you guys have the battery backup, then I would turn your computers off as soon as you can. Turn them off? Only last a couple minutes. My backup never kicked in. So, Craig, there's a number on there for, for grants in loop. Yes. You read down. So, you obviously know something that, that I don't know. So, we have a provincial building, we have a courthouse, and we have a number of social houses, properties in town. So, so is, is that that? Are you, are you saying that you've built $273,000? Back to the provincial government? Yes. Those, those and are what do you think your chances of getting paid are? Because I, oh, I see a hand go up over there behind you. It's federal. It's both federal and provincial properties. And the Canada Post check is in the mail, I think. <laughs> 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 it's, it's so, going through the verbiage um, pretty quick. Um, so, through five, the first five months of the year, we're, we're projecting a small urine position, small surplus of approximately $6,900, um, which are due to the following revenue and expenditure items. Um, overall revenues are projected to be an unfavorable variance of just under $19,000, or $18,700 to year end um, for the following reasons. So there's, there's water buildings and wastewater buildings. Um, we're going to kind of lump them together, but they're sh both showing an unfavorable variance to year end. Water buildings of over $36,000, wastewater buildings of $91,500. Uh, what had happened there, what the issue was, is through the budget process, um, the rate was designed and implemented, again, based on that cost recovery amount, um, assuming that the rate would have been approved earlier in the year. It was not approved and not implemented until the May billing, so it was four months that it was not incorporated. Um, were, were revenues that were budgeted for, but were not achieved in future um, budgets, we want to ensure that those approvals are, are accelerated if we're into the new year. Hopefully the budget will be approved before the new year so this issue won't happen again. Or the modeling will be slightly adjusted to um, counteract or, or deal with that issue. Um, third item is wastewater revenue, which is uh, projected to be an unfavorable variance of approximately $19,000 to your end. And this is the bulk waste, wastewater um, disposals that was actually discussed at council about a month ago. You know, again, just that volume has just dropped right off. And actuals to date are, are less than $2,000 on a budget amount of about $24,000. So, you know, we, we hope to achieve four or $5,000 a year. And we'll see how that plays out. Interest on, on taxes. 
um, projected to be a favorable variance of $35,000 to year end. And again, um, a couple reasons. The, the number, first of all, the number was a little conservative in the budgeting, so when I talk about um, when we do the budget, we always budget our revenues conservatively so we can achieve them. Expenditures a little more aggressively, so that was a conservative budget estimate. Um, but then, however, the number of overdue accounts is is trending greater than previous years. Again, you know, partially um, due to the economy, um, people are, are uh, finding it a little more difficult to pay in a timely fashion. So again, you know, we understand that um, those charges are there to incent payment. Um, and you know that that will happen, but unfortunately, you know, people are incurring penalties on on those balances. Um, there's two grants from provincial agencies that are favorable variances. The first one is the funds that we received for the municipal internship program, um, which we're not budgeted for. We didn't budget for the revenue, um, so the money that we're budgeting for or booking this year. Is about twenty-nine thousand dollars for for the money, or for that um, position, and those costs are mostly offset or fully offset by expenditures that I'll discuss below. Um, the other one is um, the Alberta Community Partnership Program, which was our IT support and initiative that we're doing with the town of Fuller, um, and it was um, reducing or eliminating our contracted IT, bringing that in-house. Uh, greater level of expertise and, and the ability to do some work. Um, but again, that that was not budgeted for. We received that money after, or just really near the end of the budget process. Um, so the amount that we're, we're showing for this year, it's a favorable variance of $45,000. Um, but again, that's mostly offset by expenses that are, that are identified later, later. That's the other thing I think I'll discuss really quick is the, the concept of netting expenses. Um, we do not net revenues against expenses. Um, so we always show the full amount of the revenue up in the revenue section, the full amount of the expenditure down below. Um, it's just clear for reporting purposes, for budgeting purposes, because if we net items, we tend to lose track of how much uh, revenues and expenses were. Um, and it does understate the full value of our revenues and expenses. The final item here is a miscellaneous income amount, which is a favorable variance of $18,900. And this one is a timing issue where um, that was insurance proceeds relating to an issue on the ski hill last year. Um, were received in the 2016 fiscal year, um, not budgeted for, even though the expenses that were incurred did happen in the previous year. So. Has the Athabasca Hall insurance, has that been paid paid to us and it's all clear now? I do not have the answer to that, but I will Can't get it for you. So that's it for the revenues. Are there any questions on, on any of those items before I go to the expenditures? Okay. Um, so expenditures are trending a bit more favorable or positive than the revenues, uh, showing a favorable variance of 25600 to year-end. Um, 
based on the following um, items. So administration salaries and benefits are projected to be favorable variance of 41,400. Um, and what had happened with that one was assistant administrator, that IT position that we, we identified earlier. Um, we didn't budget the revenue amount, but we did budget the position. So since that position was only filled uh, recently at the end of June, um, there's a favorable variance there um, because of, of the timing uh, uh, due to that. There's, there's um, more expenses that we're sort of throwing at that too because of an offset. So the next one here is for administrative contracted services, um, which is a unfavorable variance of $7,400, and these are related um, because while we did not hire the IT person, we did have to contract that service out. So again, we're showing that as an unfavorable variance of $7,400 to year end. And these items are on the second page of your financial information here. Um, the municipal internship program, which wasn't budgeted for um, both on the revenue and expenditure side, um, are showing an unfavorable variance of about 35700 year end. And again, those are costs for um, having that position in place, which again are mostly offset by, by the revenues received. Um, the next one's a bit of a, a larger one. So this is administration materials and supplies. Um, which is really um, information technology type items. Um, this is projected to be an unfavorable variance of about $38,000 to year end um, as part of that ACP Alberta Community Partnership grant. Um, we had budgeted, or we had, we had told the province that within that grant we were going to um, spend some monies. Um, again, they weren't budgeted for, so this is, that's basically what we need to spend to say that we were going to do within the parameters of that program. And they're, they're needed, required IT infrastructure improvements. Um, you know, again, since there's the, the amount that we're not spending in wages, you know, this is kind of um, offsetting that account. So they basically balance each other off. Um, town hall utility costs are projected to be a favorable variance um, of about $7,100 to year end, and that's both on gas and electricity. Um, as a town, we're experiencing um, rates better than what we budgeted for, and um, it's like consumption's down both here and within a couple other areas. And if the flights go out again, we'll save um, 14 more cents. Um, fire protection contracted services, there's a, an unfavorable amount there of $20,000. Again, this one is attributable to a timing issue. Um, where work done for the fire services review, um, an invoice came in after year end, um, weren't able to book it in the 2015 year, so um, it's, a, it's a charge that we're absorbing in 2016. You know, if you kind of hummed and hawed about this one, about how to, how to deal with it, my position is, well, we got that extra insurance money on the other revenue side, so this is balancing off, so I can rationalize anything if I have to. Uh, street lighting costs are projected to be favorable, variance of 52,400 to year And again, um, just um, increased costs, reduced um, costs than what we had budgeted for. Um, airport 
utilities and insurance amount, which is an insurance item, is an unfavorable variance of $8,400 to your end, um, and that's uh, an additional um, liability insurance that the airport was required to have um, that wasn't budgeted for. Um, planning contracted services, which are planning legal fees, are projected to be an unfavorable variance of around $9,000 to your end. Um, and that's sort of projecting it out also, because there's a few more things that we are still continuing to get legal opinions on. Um, and that's really um, applications that required significant legal opinions. And in truth, the budgeted amount there of about $1,500 just wasn't really realistic for for what the legal needs for the planning department were. Um, economic development contracted services are projected to be a favorable variance of $32,000 to your end. And again, that's um, kind of related to our involvement um, with the La Cardinal Group. Um, we had fronted them some money through the first two quarters of the year. Um, we're now moving to a project-based type uh, payment system or, or involvement there. Um, but that's a number that could change, you know, if something were to present itself that, um, you know, could be used for economic de development purposes, you know, that's something we can consider if it's uh, advantageous to the town. Um, the next two are utility costs, first for the arena and then the pool. Um, the arena is projected to be 8,600 um, favorable to year end and the pool 7,800. Did I say that wrong number? 8,600, 7,800. Um, and again, you know, just achieving better, better rates, lower consumption than what was budgeted for. Um, materials for parks and facilities is projected to be an unfavorable variance of $10,000. Um, talked about this um, a couple weeks ago when the skate park was looking for, for their additional funding. We recognized that there was work that the town had to do, um, both to um, put in that retaining wall and most likely for landscaping, that'll will have to be done after the fact. Um, and then the final one is um, utility costs at Athabasca Hall are projected to be um, about $4,800 on the budget to year end. So as I said, that's that's a pretty basic rundown of of the major variances to year end. You know, most of them are trending um, positive. A few negative ones. Um, you know, and as as for now. Uh, definitely looking like we're going to achieve a positive variance towards year end. Of course, subject to change if something big happens, but as of right now, you know, based on, on what I've seen of the budget and and uh, where our trends are, it's looking favorable for the year. Any questions? So, when you're just example for the utility costs, is that a projection to the year end, or that's just that variance is based on year to date? Everything is projected to year end. So we've done analysis and we've taken the bills, looked at um, where they're trending this year compared to last year, um, looked at uh, the actual rates we're paying, that type of work that goes into all the uh, projections. Um, are the expenses associated with the water treatment plant, are they slowing down in terms of, um, let's see, the previous two years we seem to have a steady, um, set of notifications that this needed to be fixed because it wasn't done according to the contract or it's come up since the building was built and stuff like that. Is it slowing down or are we still looking for some major? I don't 
don't have enough history on what's happened in the past to, to really say. Um, based on my discussions with Jim, it seems like there's a couple more major items that need to be done at the wastewater treatment plant to to get it to a level to where it should be operating. Um, and I'll generally say that for a whole bunch of town infrastructure, there's many, many things that have been deferred, um, both on the operating and capital side that um, will need to be addressed. Yeah, I think I should have said the water treatment plant, the newest newest one down Shasker. Okay, I'm, I'm less familiar with the water treatment plant, so I have to, I'd have to get that information to you and we'd have to do a bit more work to see what's um, coming up there compared to previous years and see if that's starting to be reduced. So I have one other question. Uh, we shot our wad when it comes to grants to group, like there's no funding there. If we had a request to come forward, is there anywhere in their variances we could come up with additional funds to go for that? Um, my answer to that is um, if, if council is presented with a, with an application that they want to support through the grants or groups or, or um, fund, you would continue to fund it through that that account. So we don't we don't look at it and say, okay, well we're saving money here, let's take that and give it to this grant to group. Um, you would still charge the money to the grant to group. Um, so you've got a deficit in that account then. Yes, and, and that's that's it happens. I don't want to say that's council's prerogative. You know it happens at a staff level, it could happen at a council level. If council feels it's important enough to support, you know, they would overspend in that account. And again this year is a little I don't want to say it's unique. Um, but the skate park, um, they, they took $10,000 out of that count that you probably weren't expecting. There's been a handful of other smaller items that had come up that are generally atypical. Um, so, you know, if, if, if requests come to council and you feel that they are important enough to support, then you go over budget in that grants to be. But we would have to, before we could do that, we'd have to identify where that those funds would be made up, right? No, it just comes out of that account, and it's so. You know, when I when I report and say, okay, we're looking at a general surplus of about sixty-nine hundred dollars. Um, you know, anything that you would do, for example, out of that grants to group, and then say you wanted to give someone five thousand um, dollars, it would just reduce that sixty-nine hundred dollars down to nineteen hundred dollars when I do my next report. So it, it's a holistic approach to the budget, or to not to the budget, but. Um, to your accounts and your account structure. Um, well, just not falling there. So, if that was, you know, instead of a sixteen hundred dollar variance to the good, that was a sixty nine hundred dollar variance to the negative. Then, then, then you're not suggesting we could still. I still could. I, I would still suggest that council could, but I would caution them on their their action might make it a bit more difficult for us to achieve. Well, I thought I read someplace that we cannot have a negative balance, like we cannot as a council. You can't budget for a deficit. You can incur in deficits in your in your operations. Okay. You can't plan for a deficit, but you can actually okay. uh, incur a deficit. That doesn't make any sense to me, but okay, I, that's, but, that's where I was confused then. I, I don't like to deal in absolutes, because if council feels that they have to support a group that comes and they are responsible for an account area and it goes over budget, you know, that's, that happens. It doesn't happen very often, 
and it happens at the staff level, so it could happen at council uh, level also if it's if it's important to them. But of course, now you know when you go to the make that decision that okay, even though we're going to overspend our transfer group, we do have a small buffer, you know, and say okay, we could probably absorb this, and organizationally, we'll be okay. Just, uh, just a, a quick one again uh, to the airport. So, where do we show the revenues uh, from the municipalities? Um, just I went down. I see the total number on the operation, but that under the department revenues, it's well, it's airport aircraft and airport other, which I presume is a terminal building. But I, I guess the question is, how, where do we show? Town of Grimshaw and DMPs. We haven't yet. We have oh. No. I, I've been waiting for the society to have their first meeting and do so. their, their appointments. As soon as they are legally formed as an organization, I'm going to submit a budget and an invoice to them for their portion of the, the operating costs as per the agreement. And at that point, once it's a known known, it'll show up on this it'll report. Show up here. Okay. So you're going to make the uh, this report once every two months. That's that's my intention. Yes. And in the interim months, you're going to bring the capital report. Or no, no. I'll start. I'll do the capital report and the operating report the same things. The, the capital. There's only 18, 20 projects, so that only takes a few minutes to go through. And you don't want. How come? Oh. I thought my computer gave up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm falling asleep. Here. Okay. Um, okay. So, is that because you just want to skip every uh, every month and not have to come to council? Gives me the option. <laughs> <laughs> gives them time to get the members all straight. Okay. It's a cycle, right? Because otherwise, if we do it every month, then we're sort of always on. If we do it every second month, then we could take that pause, you know, do our other financial work, and, and come back to reporting end of it. So will one of those reports uh, also include our debentures and how they're coming along or being paid um, when they're due and so on? Yep. So actually, that's something we've discussed in, in finance, and we're, we're preparing a continuity schedule for debentures, um, and that's something that we can bring to, to council in the future. Uh, you know, next month, maybe two months down the road. Yeah. That's part of the, that'll also be part of the budget process and budget document, um, because for, for timing and knowing when um, debentures are falling off the books and what you're incurring in upcoming debt, um, that's important to know, so, because that affects your, your next year's um, budget amount and ultimately your tax rate and where that's going to go, so that'll be stuff that's um, brought forward to council. Any other any final questions for Mr. Town? We won't see him for two Too months now. Okay, thank you. Yeah, perhaps uh, a motion to accept uh, the financial variance report for information. I'll make that motion. All in favor? Was that Tanny? Yes. Okay, and I'll find out what your questions are. So with the uh, power outages, the uh, recorder going? Yep. 
Um, that, that takes us to the corporate services uh, CAO monthly report. So we had a nice presentation from Mr. Town. Are, will we get a similar presentation from Mr. Parker? I, I try not to here, Richard. I have to make my staff always look good. I see yours as a monthly report as opposed to every two months. Okay. Any questions regarding Peace River Snapchat or uh, a mural painting? Uh, the town emergency siren? Posted jobs? I've got a question about the, the beautification. Over in uh, Lower West Peace, I don't know if it's in here or not, but have the um, pictures been put on the utility box? Yes. yes so uh, I would like town to perhaps consider um, doing more of that to facilitate some better looking boxes on Main Street. Perhaps they could also have some pictures on them. The one out the town office doorway, for instance. Put in the budget. <laughs> I think you have to be careful what's our infrastructure and what's over the powers or whatever we can. But sometimes they are okay with people doing that. We could maybe find out. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, no motion on that? Okay. I'm not expecting an answer now, but just I'm curious the number, the value of the building permits. Like, and it'd be nice for stuff like this if we could see what it's been for the last couple, three years or something. So I don't know. We need it again every month, but just so we get a sense where where we're at in terms of economic development. I'll, I'll get some note. I'll get some note to council. So what was that again? Well, I just value wondered. Like, we've got. Only six hundred thirty thousand dollars in development, residential uh, development permits this, right. this year. And how's that compared to previous years? Obviously, the economy factor is way big, bigger into that than anything the town does. But it's nice to be able to, to see the difference. You should have asphalt permits. <laughs> Those numbers would be up this year. Okay. Uh, if there's no further questions, I'll take a motion to accept the CAO's report for information. Councilor Needham, all in favor? The minutes from previous meeting are now posted, Your Worship. Okay. So uh, people feel they have enough had enough time to review these ones? We'll need two motions, one to bring it back, uh, put it back onto the table. Or sorry, one to bring it back, and then one to actually pass it. 
Yes. So before we bring it, have a motion to bring it back. So do people, have people feel they have enough, have enough time to, to, to review it? And or uh, do they just want to uh, table, keep it tabled till next meeting? I think it table till the next meeting. Okay. Yeah, we will. So no more motions, just put on the next agenda? Yeah. Because that first motion was just to table it. Okay, that takes us to information. Uh, seniors drop in. Uh, anybody want to highlight anything there? That's your stuff, it's ours. Yes, your worship. This is just the uh, the data off the uh, the speed breeder board that was moved from Ninety uh, Eighth uh, Street by House by the Bridge. It was moved down to One Hundred First Street by uh, the Senior Citizens Drop-in Center, and this is recording the traffic going away from downtown, southbound. Are these numbers supposed to add up? Like you look at the. Uh, the vehicle count, the number of speed violations, and then the number of respecting limits, to me, they don't add up properly, so I just wondered why the difference. I will which, get, which I can numbers, find that information out for you. Which numbers don't add up, so I total vehicle count, grab one of these. So I'm here at 1,300 hours, 189. Five plus 184, that's 189. If you look at the first one, it says there are five vehicles between 50 and 59, but the number of violations is only three. So do they, I'm just wondering if there's some, they allow three, three kilometers over. There's a variance in, or yes, there would be a That's, a that's what that difference is in. Yes. Did you say variance? Next one. <laughs> Pick up new terminology all the time. Yeah. <laughs> So can this, the title of this item perhaps be changed to something that indicates it's a traffic report? You know? Mm -hmm. Seniors drop in. I looked at that and thought, I'm trying to figure out how many seniors were dropping into the dropping center? Yeah. <laughs> With cars and without cars. You know, I do have one observation to make, Mr. Ford, is, uh, so you wanted a crosswalk there with lights. But I was driving by there the other day, and I think the problem with that intersection is there's people parking right up to the uh, the crosswalk, and there's people parking right after the crosswalk. So, so of course those seniors are afraid to cross the street there because they have to peek out between in uh, cars that obviously their friends and neighbors have parked there. I'm not sure if that's something that engineering could look at or if we'd have no, to take I, that to uh, well, we transportation. Could, well, no, we could get a peace officer and ticket those people. Well, they're parked. They're parked, those, they're parked legally. There's a handicapped um, parking or parked to the north, north of the crosswalk and immediately to the south of it, there's no yellow line. So they can park. But aren't, aren't you supposed to, isn't that a general rule? You're not supposed to have parking within X number of meters of a crosswalk? Then it should be marked with the yellow 
curved the way some of the rest of that street is. Uh, we'll give you a carpet there, isn't it? It has been in times. <laughs> we'll is that something administration can look at to get the information? No, but perhaps we can get, issue uh, Deputy Mayor Manzer a ticket and have her do, give her a can of paint, a yellow can of paint, and have her do community service. I might have to take this up further up along the line, chain of command here at this point in time. You know, I, I think this is the, your last call of the, uh, your last uh, appeal court before the, the Supreme Court. Well, we have, we have, it has to uh, clarify the details. Yeah, I, uh, people need to park in a reasonable manner. So I thought at one time we talked about having, uh, modifying the crosswalk there, like you see in the city, sometimes they have it where they project out and they create a narrowing the street, which creates a visual barrel and encourages people to slow down. I, did we not ask administration to check into that, explore that, or that you were uh, I also think that having that, that as a provincial highway has something to do with putting yeah. a barrier out into their street. We don't, are not necessarily allowed to do that. Mind you, we do it on Main Street, so. But Main Street is much wider. Yeah. There's also um, various uh, cities and towns that um, have started using sort of a colored aggregate on their sidewalk that they, the proponents of it say that it's, uh, it lasts through the winter, etc. but it makes the crosswalk a little more visible. Maybe admin could look into that too. <laughs> okay, so can we move on? So I guess you guys have highlighted what you want in this particular item, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I did receive some feedback from the uh, the senior citizens uh, community at the drop-in center, and they were quite pleased to see that speed reader board up there it did slow down traffic. Um, second item uh, from Rachel Notley regarding our uh, our submission on the NADC. She thanks thanks us for our, our comments, and we'll take them under advisement. A uh, letter from Mackenzie County regarding Rotary House Project. Uh, do you want to comment on this, Councilor Needham? I I don't uh, I don't I, I don't think this is bad news. I take uh, take the the no in 2016 as uh, I'm not surprised news, but uh, they do say they will consider it in 2017. So uh, maybe when we meet on August the to talk about a budget, maybe we can be optimistic and hopefully the Joint Capital Fund will receive an offset contribution from Mackenzie. Um, I will continue to, um, I guess the monkey's kind of on my back to some degree, um, to make sure we try and replenish those funds. So as I bump into my political colleagues in my travels, I'll try and, remember, try and remind them that uh, they need to uh, consider this request in 2017 and uh, it would sure be nice to see Rotary House opened in 2017 and maybe when the press release is done uh, let's be optimistic maybe they're part of the podium as well and maybe they're one of the major contributors so um, I, I'd like to be optimistic that we're going to get a fair shake. 
I have a question about uh, a media release that affected uh, Rotary House. Um, there was one that came through today indicating that there's something about, a, there's a media release about Rotary House and there's a photo off at some point tomorrow? Yeah, so I should have maybe added this when we had all additions and deletions to the agenda. I wasn't sure where everybody was at, but uh, yes, so the Joint Capital Fund Group um, Rotarians and Northeast Housing, I think is where the press release came from. I haven't seen a recent draft of it. So it's 11.30 at the site. Um, again, Rotarians, Northeast Housing, the partners from the Joint Capital Fund, and there'll be a photo op at 11.30. And I believe that there were plans to book sort of a coffee table over at Nova afterwards for um, those that are interested to mingle, talk about the project, talk about the future, talk about whatever it is we want to talk about. So um, 11.30 for the formal part and noon, I believe, at the NOVA is the informal part for those that uh, want to join in. So as far as I know, that's an open invitation. So Mr. Parker, you have some... Hey, so, uh, yes, for the... Uh, uh, groundbreaking uh, tomorrow. Uh, I just got this email uh, for 30 times ago. Um, at 4:16. So they have three uh, shovels that are going to go. Uh, they're painted uh, blue and gold, uh, rotary blue. Uh, they plan to have on one shovel a representative from the town of Peace River and uh, County of Northern Sunrise. Uh, on the second one, Peace Rotary. Club and North Peace Housing, and then on the third one, Go Auto and Shell on Spade 3. And so what they're looking for is they're looking for a designate um, from each organization to represent that organization. So we will basically uh, will need one person from Town of Peace River to be our official rep on the shovel. Okay. So uh, who's the going to be the North Peace Housing? That'll probably be Doug Dallin then. Yeah, so the Doug Dallin is the chairman of North Peace Housing, so I, and I'm the deputy chair, so I presume he will be. Um, but I'm thinking the Reeve and the mayor. Um, and, yeah, and I, I guess we'll sort out the other part afterwards. I presume uh, if if Doug uh, if Doug is the representative for North Peace Housing, then I presume. Uh, either the, the deputy reeve or the reeve would be uh, on the other shovel. So, so uh, since you've done a lot of work on this, and Doug Dallin is doing the North Peace Housing one, I, why don't you be the town of Peace River? Well, right? I can be, but you are the mayor. So, yeah, but, but I, I'm but, a working mayor. If I had to rely on the mayor's job, I wouldn't be I, able to feed my I, family. I'm, 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 just, I'm just trying to share the political glory. But yes, that's fine. I, I would be pleased to uh, put my left, or is it my right foot, on the shovel. Yeah. Okay. And then if you go to... If, if Doug Dallin isn't there and you're in the North Peace Housing Foundation rep, uh, Elaine, are you going to be at this event anyhow? I think so. Then uh, you you can pop in for the TPR one. You can you can be the uh, you, you'll be our ro our our rover our substitute. 
and um, and we'll let North Northern Sunrise County figure out who's going to be on their show. Um, and Rotary, or who's going to do Rotary? Who's going to be the Rotary? Okay. So just on logistics, uh, CAO Chris, do we have a drop in communications replacement for Adam to do some photo ops? And yeah, that's our uh, mm -hmm. IT guy. Okay, Joe. Joe. IT Joe. All right, perfect. I can bring my camera. Are you going to go? Going to do it? I think I'm going to try. It, but, but don't forget. So what time does it start? At 11:30, guys. 11.30? Be on site at 11.30, so maybe 11.15, sure. Okay. Good. Okay. Good, that'll be exciting. And uh, all we need, to need is to add on the medical center, and I'll be on health campus. Well, I, I, I think that's, you know, as trouble getting the ground and anybody's been by the site they've, they've got a lot of the stuff cut in already and they're packing gravel today and uh, I think you know that certainly leads to other developments like the medical center so I think it provides us a little leverage to talk optimistically about the rest of the site so I think it's, uh, it'll, be, uh, it'll be good news in uh, 2017 from a construction point of view. Okay, uh, good. Um, so we killed two birds with one stone. Uh, the next one is letter from Midnight Lights. Um, these people. Yeah, I was going to speak to this if you oh, don't mind, okay. just because yeah. I, I know Jason and Katie quite well. Um, so they're not asking us for a financial contribution. They want a photo op with the town that they can use in some of their um, publications and, and, and what they're putting out there in terms of what they're trying to accomplish. Um, I think what they're doing is phenomenal. I think they're helping put Peace River on the map with what they're doing. So I think we should encourage them to come to a council meeting and do a photo op with them. Um, I don't think there's any harm in that and showing their support in terms of what Jason and Katie are trying to accomplish and, and doing a very good job actually at accomplishing. So um, I've, I was a little confused about why it was an information, but I guess if I can promotion on the table to have administration um, invite Jason and Katie to the August meeting, perhaps, and do a photo op with that, that would be great. Uh, if I can also make a comment as well, these uh, this group has played the Peace Fest stage. They've re uh, represented Peace River uh, and the region throughout the province quite well. If uh, Councillor Banky wouldn't have mind a friendly amendment to her motion, um, possibly to sponsor the group with a $500 contribution as well. Where, where are you going to get the $500? There's a little bit left. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe you should hold that in motion until yeah. we know where we're going to... Let's speak to them, perhaps. And I, I think you're taking uh, Director Towns' uh, uh, advice of budget, budget for a balanced budget, but don't be afraid to spend yourself in the deficit. I don't think... I don't think he was actually uh, recommending that as a as a policy. I don't think the five hundred would put us in a deficit, would it? Yeah. We still got six months. 
think we wait until we hear from them and speak to them and find out what their needs are. Yeah, because you said have them come in August. Yeah, the August meeting, and we can they can if they, I mean perhaps they want to give us a presentation about what they're right. what they're working on or, or the, what they're the photo bot they would probably be better during the middle of the day or something like that. Right? That's tough to say. It's late till midnight, so. Okay. Days are getting shorter. <laughs> <laughs> they were nice, at, nice little. Uh, they were at Canada, weren't they? Yes. Okay, so your motion uh, is. I'll withdraw my friendly amendment. <laughs> to your motion is to uh, invite them to what? August? To the August eighth meeting. Uh, August or a meeting of their choice. Well, yeah, I guess if August doesn't work. <laughs> uh, to make a presentation. So all in favor of Councillor Venke's motion? No, I guess it's up to them. Okay. Um, Do you want to accept the other items for information? Uh, maybe, yeah. So... Item, which ones do we, for information, one, two, three, um, three, and uh, yeah. So a motion to accept items one through, items one through three under information, for information. So moved. All in favor? Thank you. Any notices of motion, Mr. Parker? There are none. Okay. So, uh, any, any comments from the public to be heard? <laughs> I guess maybe it was a storm that threw, drove them away. Uh, so, that takes us to key communication items. So, we're always interested in hearing from the press, Mr. Taylor. So, uh, what items are of interest today? Which item on the land use bylaw? The first one. Oh, this is the stripping and excavating <coughs> and dirt. What did you find so interesting about that one? Okay. So you, you want a quote on the wastewater pumps? Okay, and you can talk to me about that. Then. What was the other one you want to comment on? Street the, Festival. Uh, street Festival. Oh. 
Who wants to comment on that? I'll comment on that then. Or did you say anyone? I'll comment on that. Okay. So does somebody else want to talk about the white squatter pups? Okay. Okay. What was the other one you wanted to comment on? Paddle piece. Okay. And uh, if you want comments on paddling the piece, Deputy Mayor Ranzer. Exactly. Okay. But you already got a comment from uh, Ms. Hilton on. Yeah, I was hoping to get a uh, council viewpoint on it too. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Okay, we'll do that. Um, and uh, so the next one is in camera. We'll take a five, ten minute break and uh, uh, that'll give Mr. Taylor a chance to ask his questions for his audience. <laughs>